A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Securities Code. This is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert and every week I'm joined by a very, very special guest. My guest today is one of the queens of the property world. You'll know her for the past seven years, hosting one of my favourite daytime escapist shows, A Place in the Sun, and more recently for her brilliant work on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. A hockey player, a footballer, a DJ, a singer, a star for the live in Milwaukee, the list goes on. She's one of the hardest workers that I know. I've known her for donkey's years, and she's a yes person. And she said yes to coming on the podcast, fresh out of the I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here jungle. I think this is the first podcast she's done and she's here to tell you why she's just the most amazing person and why you need to keep following her career because you can see her on My Dream Derelict House on HGTV. I'm delighted to welcome to Sigourney and Sikur, my queen of the jungle, Scarlett Douglas. That was like the best intro ever. Thanks, Johnny. Well, in a friends... Friends. Friends. Friends forever. Uh, friends forever. Well, this is the thing. So I knew you were going in and we were talking on the Thursday and you were flying out on the Sunday and we had this whole conversation about I'm a celeb. And I'm like, yep. you're doing it? Oh my God, you're going to know Chris Moyles? I was so <laughs> excited for you to be in there. I was like, I actually know someone personally who's going in. Yes. I mean, look, that day on that Thursday when we were messaging was actually the day that I had flew. So I was initially supposed to go on the Sunday um, and then everything got kind of changed last minute. I now know because Matt agreed last minute. So I was going to be a, a late incomer with um, Sean. It was going to be the two of us. And then when Matt said yes, he was going to do it, I ended up being back as one of the first 10 that went in. Uh... So um, so there's a little secret for you. So yes, I literally flew out, found out on the Wednesday. I was flying on the Thursday. Had to quickly get everything together. Flew out um, Thursday, isolated for a week. And then that was it. I was in the jungle. That's mad. Yeah, it was so quick. Amazing, but so quick. Well, let's. We're gonna to come to Amistad, but I've got to go back to the beginning of your career because obviously I know your career, but a lot of people won't know your career, and they'll go, "Well, who's Scarlett? Scarlett was on Amistad, and they'll literally know you for Amistad to get me out of there." Right. And there is so much to you that people need to know. Yes, I mean I've done everything, but I played football when I was younger because both of my brothers played football. I played field hockey. I 
was a runner. I did a lot of dancing and singing. I went to Pullman Arts College for three years from 16 to 19. And then I did musicals for eight years and I traveled the world. I did shows in the West End. I've toured, I've been a backing dancer for some big artists. I've done arena tours. Like it's honestly, it was an amazing career up until the point that I then got into television. And then since getting into television, I've still had another amazing career as well. So I've been really lucky. Do you see it as a different chapter, the TV Oh, 100%. 100%. And even now, I know we're going to talk about The Jungle later, but even since coming out of The Jungle, I feel like it's another chapter in my television career as well. Well, this is the weird thing. So I was listening to Kevin Ligo, who's the head of ITV, mm-hmm. on the media show on Radio 4 last week, and he was talking about he signs off that I'm a celeb list. He signs off those people who are going into The Jungle. Mm. You are in his like top 10 people in his mind now. Wow, that's mental, isn't it? When you think of it like that, that's actually crazy that I was chosen by him. And Anton Deck have to sign people off as well. That is insane. What do you mean Anton Deck have to sign people off? Well, they don't have to, but they also get a say on the people that go in the jungle. Oh, do they? Yeah, so the names get put forward to them and they'll be like, mm, not sure if that will work. Yeah, we think that will work. I have been told that they also get a say on whoever's is in the jungle. Is that because, though, they need to know, can they relate to them? So, for example, with Boy George, can they keep playing Karma Chameleon and make a stick out of it? <laughs> probably, probably. I've started watching the show back and, oh, my goodness, they are hilarious. They do that song so many times, but it works. They're just brilliant. Um, but I also think that they are part of the production of that show too. So I guess they are supposed to have a say in things and get things signed off. So you've known them for a couple of years because you were back and dancer on uh, on the arena tours. Yeah, in fact, I met them, I think I was 17 or 18, and I back and danced for them on their Saturday Night Takeaway show, the TV show. They had a section on there which was for the Harlem Globetrotters one show, and then also they had a Christmas special, and I was a back and dancer dressed up in like a Merry Christmas sort of outfit. So I met them then. And then... Oh, hold on, on that. But you're allowed to meet them? Because you know it's like, they're the stars, you're just a backing dancer, yeah, know your no, place. Yeah, no, we were literally in our own little dressing room upstairs in the middle of nowhere. Um, but obviously when we were on stage, yes, we met them and we spoke to them. But it was very brief. But I remember that being the first time I worked with them and thinking, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I was still at college. It was super cool. Loved it. And then little did I know that however many years later, I'd be on tour with them. I think that tour was seven years ago as a backing dancer for the Saturday Night Takeaway Arena tour that they did. And that's where I really got to know them. And that's where for me, I realised I absolutely want to be a presenter because they are fantastic at what they do they're absolutely incredible we were selling out arena tours i say we i was back in dancer they were selling out arena tours i was just there (laughs) there were security guards like the show would open boys are back in town that was the opening number and women would just rush the stage and like security would be pushing them back and i thought i've never seen tv personalities get this sort of response from an audience that's what i want in my life what a goal What a goal to go, I want that. I want a piece of that pie. Yeah. And I interviewed them. I asked them, could I interview you? Because I want to be a TV presenter and it would just be great. And they were like, yeah, of course. And then thanks to me actually being brave enough to do that, the interview went well. They thought I was brilliant. They set me up a couple of meetings. And then from there, I ended up getting a place in the sun. And it's just not stopped to the point that seven years later, I was in the jungle with them. It's honestly crazy. That's mad. Yeah. A Place in the Sun yes. is a property show. Gina Hansen has been on the podcast to and Skip before. So I know a little about the background of it. But from what I understand, you need a property background to you yes. as much as just being a TV presenter. Yeah, exactly that. So they do want people to have a property expertise if you are to present the show because it just 
gives you more credibility, gives the show more credibility. And also because they want the house hunters to feel as though, you know, they're in safe hands, the show's credible, which it is, they want presenters that have a property expertise. So it's super important that we do have that. Even though obviously when you're on the show, you don't really get to use the expertise. It just makes the house hunters feel a lot more comfortable, I'd say. So I have a property background, which obviously then helped me get the show. And you do property of your brother's shoe? Yes, exactly that. So where did the idea of property come from? Because obviously we've spoken about your career, singer, dancer, actress, presenter. Yeah. Property is not part of that. But a lot of people, it's funny, there's two things. A lot of radio people end up getting into businesses to do with trains because it's all about times and specific timings. Right. There's a lot of TV people who then have lots of property portfolios to mm-hmm. them as well. What's that relationship between property and TV? Why do you think you got into property? So I got into property because of my brother, Stuart. He was a footballer and he put his money into property investment when he was younger. And I remember him saying to me when I was doing musicals, you don't have a pension, so why don't we work together and I'll teach you how to invest in property, develop property, and then that will be kind of what will keep you going when you get older and you can't sing and dance anymore. And I remember at the time thinking, hello, I'm 24, I'm going to be able to sing and dance forever. I can do jazz hands for the rest of my life. No, you can't. You start getting to 30 and trust me as a dancer, it's a lot harder. So um, I decided that, yes, that would be a great idea. And I started with him when I was 25 and we just started flipping properties and I absolutely loved it. And because he had the experience in it, his forte was more of the how do you redesign a property, um, working with the architect, whereas mine was more using my creative flair on the interior design side of things. So as much as I don't have an interior design diploma or degree, you don't have to to be an interior designer or an interior decorator. It is something that I definitely want to do because I think it's just good to really own and know your craft inside out. But because I had that natural flair to it, it just worked really well in that partnership. And then having that expertise helped me get a place in the sun because, as we've said, you need to have an expertise in, in, in property to do it. And also, as a presenter nowadays, you can't just present. You need to have some sort of speciality. And that was my USP. Everybody wants your unique selling point, And that was it for me. You're right. Everyone does need a USP. Mine's reality TV, yours mm. is property. And there are some shows it really works for, but then also we have to be other things. And I think it's very easy to get pigeonholed into yes. you're just a property presenter and that's all you can do. You can't do anything else. Yeah, exactly. How hard has it been to, I mean, obviously I'm a sub to get me out of his help you a little mm. bit, but how hard is it pre that show for you to know your purpose to go, I don't just want to do property. I, I am versatile. I can yeah. do other things. And that was very difficult for me because I wanted to be a presenter, but I wanted to be an entertainment presenter. But my only way into presenting was using the property avenue so doing that was great but I had to make sure I wasn't just seen on property shows so I put myself out there I was on the one show I did a few VTs for them over the years I did um, bits of points of view which is where I met Jeremy Vine I then managed to get on the Jeremy Vine show as a co-host doing some live TV there so I was always making sure I wasn't just seen in the property space still very difficult to get into entertainment because we've already got some incredible entertainment presenters as it is anyway Um, and how am I going to show people that I can do entertainment if I don't have that to show if that makes sense it's that kind of vicious cycle of yeah, you can do um, entertainment presenting, but we need to see you to do it. But you can't see me to do it if you don't give me the opportunity. So it's, it was very difficult. So kind of getting into the property show with my brother, Worst House on the Street, because we've got that banter, and yes, it's educational, it's also entertaining. So people were starting to see that entertaining side of me. And then off the back of that, getting the jungle... You know, I was doing everything in there. I was singing, I was dancing, I was wearing my hair in all these different hairstyles and wearing my clothes in different ways to show my my fashion side of things. And I think that has really helped people to see, oh, actually, she isn't just property. There is so much more to her. 
And that's important for me because I love singing and dancing and acting and I've come from an entertainment background and that's where my deep, true passion really lies. But the problem is, it's very easy to go, well, look, let's just sign Scarlett up to a panto next year. Yeah. But then you're like, well, hold on a minute. She's a TV presenter. Obviously, she can't act or sing. And then you go, well, hold on. She went to drama school. She can do that. Yeah. Look at her CV. She's done for the life. She's done real rock. You. She can do all that. But equally, she's just a TV presenter. How are you ever going to have her on stage? So it just must be really hard to keep having to justify your purpose and justify you can do all these things. Yeah, it is. It is that weird middle ground. And in fact, I was at the Mobos the other day and Kano went up and he was basically, he'd won an award and he had said, we are creative artists. Don't ever let anybody pigeonhole you into one thing. If you want to do everything, do everything. And it really resonated with me because I've always done everything. Even if I was in a musical, I was still backing dancing for someone or I was in a film or I was a backing singer. I still made sure I did everything. When I started focusing on presenting... I just kind of stopped doing everything else because everyone was like, you've just got to focus on one thing. And now that I'm established as a TV presenter, I absolutely want to still do all those other things. Why not? You know, I want to release an EP. I'd love to be in a film. I'd love to be in a TV show. I'd love to do another musical. There are so many things I'd like to do. And as long as I have the time to do it, I'm absolutely going to do them all because why should I just have to stick to one avenue? I love that. Yeah. I love that. But also you love working. I do love working. You're a grafter. I'm a workaholic. You are a workaholic. Can we talk about race? Black Lives Matter happened a couple of years ago and there's been a big push for getting more black people seen on TV, on radio. And the way they've done it is almost tokenistic of, Mm -hmm. well, you know, let's look at the Loose Women panel. Okay, well, there's one black person. Or now there's two black people. Tick, done. Yeah. And then it's the same faces now. So you look at someone like AJ Mm Odudu or Alison Hammond or Maya Jamma and let's broaden out to the BAME BAME community and have everyone... How hard is it, first of all, to get those jobs now? Mm. And second of all, to be seen as not just token, I'm a black person, therefore I deserve that position rather Mm. than I've actually got the talent because you've got so much talent to yourself. Mm. But also you don't want to just be there for tokenism. No, exactly. And I think, listen, diversity and inclusion is important across the board, whether that is black, brown, whatever the colour of the skin, I think people should be in front of camera because... As a country, we are so diverse. So why are we not showing that on television or hearing that on the radio? It's super important. I think for me, I've come from musical theatre where in a show you would have one token black girl. You'd go to the audition. You'd see all the black people that are in musical theatre in the same room. Like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, it's only going to be one of us. You just get into that mentality. And it's such a shame because why should there only be one black person in there? I think if you are good enough at the job, you should get the job, regardless of the colour of your skin, regardless of anything else other than you are talented and you have the right credentials for this job and it's important that we even get the opportunity to show that we're good at our job so yes when black lives matter of course tv went crazy we need to get black people on tv we need to absolutely do that we need to be more diverse in front and behind of camera but then there's the other side of that where people were doing that but then they were just getting people in that actually weren't good enough for the job or they weren't qualified enough and then there's that awful moment where everyone's going to turn around and say well you know See, this is why we shouldn't put black people on TV, because they're not good enough. No, no, no. Let's absolutely make it diverse, but let's get the right person for the job. And now we're coming to a point where I'm very lucky because I've already built up my credentials over the last seven years on A Place in the Sun as a property presenter, but people feel safe with me. So I am getting opportunities. It's now not about me. It's about other younger people that are trying to get into the industry. Are there too many black people for the roles that are available? I don't actually know. But what I do know is we have to give everybody the opportunity. 
we have to give everyone the opportunity. And it shouldn't then go so far one way that then white people aren't getting the job. It honestly, for me, has to be the best person for the job, regardless of what they look like and how old they are. You know, that's another thing. Ageism and sexism. Who is good at the job? Let's give it to them. Do you not think the pendulum has gone that way, though? So you take, obviously, Channel 4 did Black to Front and they mm. did loads of black programmes and, you know, such as The Big Breakfast. Yeah. Which AJ and Mo Gilligan did. And they were brilliant at it. Absolutely brilliant. But the whole crew were black. And that was part of the reason why they want to do it, to showcase, you know, black people can do yeah. it. That show is very now in that mindset. Yeah. And there'll be other shows like that. So, for example, should there be a black version of Loose Women, same as there should be a male version of Loose Women all the time called Loose Men, or should it always be diverse? I just think it should always be diverse. I mean, I was part of that Black to Front day that Channel 4 did. My brother and I did Love It or List It, and we, we took over from Kirsty and Phil for the day. And it was brilliant because it was actually the second highest rated show of the day, which was fantastic. I think Gogglebox was first, we were second. And it just showed that people want to see change and diversity. I'm going to be very honest, when we look at property shows, the majority of the people that are presenting them are older, middle-class white people. And that's fine because that's what we've seen for years. But also there are other people that are doing property, whether they are black, Chinese, Indian. There are other people that do property, so let's celebrate them. And, you know, that day... Yes, it was to show black talent, but also it was to give black talent opportunities to be seen and also behind camera. You know, when Stuart and I did Love It or List It, we had a black PD and then everybody else in the crew were, were white. I didn't have a problem with that. I want the people that are best for the job. With Big Breakfast, yes, that team behind the camera, they were black, but that team wouldn't have been given that opportunity before because the first port of call probably would have been someone that people have used before, which not necessarily, but potentially could have been a white cameraman or a white soundie. Now people know that there are other people out there that can do camera and sound that are not the norm and not the generic that they would have gone for and would have booked before. So I think that that's, I think it's good. I think the change is good. It's absolutely good. I don't want it to go so far that quality is then compromised. So then it comes to the jungle and there's always a sexism. Well, you know, the past three, four years, mm -hmm. three females have left first. It happened in your year, you, yeah. Charlene and Sue. There's also a racism scandal as well. And obviously it's the media, so there has to be a scandal. Mm -hmm. uh, but within the first four to go were Baba, you and Charlene. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you were the first four to go? And is there a problem with race when it comes to watching it on TV? So obviously I got asked this as soon as I came out of the jungle. And my answer will always be the same, is I went in there as an underdog. I was the least known person going in there. Even if we look at social media followers on my Instagram, I had the least amount to everybody else. Was it down to race? Was it down to just not being known? I've got no idea. It could be both, it could be none, it could be something in between. All I could have done on there was do my best. Of course, I was gutted that I came out second. I wanted to spend so much more time in there because I was genuinely loving it. But I have got no idea why people didn't vote for me other than all I can think of is, they just didn't know me as well as someone like Boy George. Boy George has got a huge following. Of course, he's going to be in there for longer than me. So I don't know what it's down to. We can do a poll and we can ask everybody and we can find out across the nation what people are thinking. But there are always going to be speculations, different ideals and opinions on it. And for me, I can only do what it is that I do. And if it means that I've come out second, I've come out second. In the sense of when we talk about three women leaving first... Again, is that a sexist thing? I don't know. I do know that poor Jill was left to the very end with all of those men, but she still did it for the women and she came first. And I absolutely love that. 
yet again, she did what the men couldn't do. <laughs> so they won the Euros. The men couldn't do that. She won the jungle. The men didn't do that. That's a bit of lighthearted fun, guys. Don't at me. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I've only just started to watch the show back. I've got to the point where Sean and Matt enter the jungle. So until I see it with my own eyes and I see how it's edited, I don't know why three strong women were voted out first. I don't know why two black women were voted out first. Yes, it could have been race. Maybe it wasn't race. It could be that people just didn't like me. It could be that there are so many different aspects to it. And like I said, I could have just done me and done the best and made sure that I made my family proud. And that's what I did. So I'm happy. Well, my argument on social media and on TV when I was on TV commentating about I'm a Celeb when it was on uh, was that you have to remember who is voting. So, yes, Sue has got an audience. People will know Eileen Grimshaw and Coronation Street for 20 years. Yeah. But that audience are a lot older who won't be voting. They probably won't even be watching I'm a Celebrity. The people who are voting are those young girls who are in their teen years. Mm -hmm. That is the core audience. So they were voting for Owen because they fancied him. Matt Hancock went massive on TikTok because he was seen as this poster sexual sensation for these young girls. They were like, oh, here's a bit of a no older way. guy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. That's why he suddenly blew up. Oh. Chris Moss obviously had his following from his radio show. Yeah. You know, his radio show's got nearly a million listeners. Those people are talking about the jungle every single day. The yeah. whole of Radio X will be supporting that as well as, yeah. a, as a network. That was going to go well. Jill Scott, obviously, coming off the Euros, had a massive following as well. Yeah. So you're right. You are playing as an underdog. There's a reason why people go in. Obviously, we know Sean went in to deal with the case. And we know Matt went in to deal with what had happened with him politically. What was your purpose to go in? What did you actually want to gain from going in? So my thing was for more people to know who I am, that I even exist, and know that there's a complete different side to me that's not just property. I think that's super important because people do know me for A Place in the Sun, but there's so much more to me. I've got another show, My Dream Derelict Home in the Sun. I've got Worst House on the Street. I did Love It or List It. I did George Clark's Flipping Fast. There are so many other things that I do. And also, I do come from that entertainment background. And for me, being on that show absolutely means that ITV now see me as a complete different person. And it's given me the opportunity to knock on that door and hopefully have that door open at that network, whereas that wouldn't have been the case before. And trust me, I love Channel 4. I love being on that station and I will love to continue being with them without a doubt. But also, I'd like to do other things across other stations. So it was for me to know that they knew who I was, if that makes sense. How hard is it to get on that show, though? Because a lot of Love Island stars will come up, well, what are you going to do? That's, I want to get in the jungle. You're like, mm. you're never going on. I'm a celebrity get out there. You've just done Love Island. Let's be <laughs> real. I know yeah. Olivia out with dead, but she's done well yeah. away from that, losing that Love Island. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Losing that Love Island label. But, you know, if you've just come out of Love Island, you can't go, yeah, I'm going to Jungle Notes. What is that process like? Take me through step by step of how you go from, I'm a TV presenter, what are you up to next, to actually getting that commission of your going in? I would say having a good agent. My agent, Alex Agala Intertalent, is brilliant. And he'd set up a meeting for me and Stuart to meet Mickey, who is the talent booker on that show. Um, and there were a few others as well that, that booked the talent on it. And it was just a general Zoom. It was absolute carnage. I'm driving through Spain from one show to another. Stuart's in BNM with terrible signal. And we were just having this hilarious Zoom that was, without a doubt, mental. But Mickey, I remember her saying, this has probably been one of the best Zooms I've had because it is all over the place. And it is just us. It's our personality. You know, me and Stuart, we've got that banter. Even with Alex being on the call, we have this family banter and it really works. So when my agent called me, I was actually away filming my derelict show. And he said, I've got a really exciting Zoom for you tomorrow. And I said, OK, what is it? And he said, it's, I'm a celebrity to get me out of here. They've come in. They've asked to see you. They think you're brilliant from the Zoom you did with your brother and they just want to see if it's something that you're interested in. I was like, of course it's something I'm interested in. So I had the Zoom, went really well. I just remember being super nervous and then I thought, just just be yourself. I've already been myself in the general meeting. Let me just be myself now in this one. If it's meant to be, it'll be. If it's not, it won't be. And the Zoom went really well. And then I found out there were four of us left to be chosen from. Mickey had said that, you know, she loves me and she's feeling confident, but there's four people, so she's not sure. And ITV have the final sign off. Then I was down to the final two. And she said, you know, we're still waiting for ITV to sign off who it's going to be. Bear with us. And then I got the call that it was me. And I remember thinking before I had that call, there's no way they're going to pick me. They're not going to pick me. No one really knows who I am. It's not going to happen. So the fact that they said yes to me was one of those moments where I thought everything I've worked so hard for has finally come to a head in this respect because actually... ITV now think I'm credible enough to put in this show that has been going for 22 years and is one of their biggest shows on the channel. That means I have done everything I've needed to do in my career up to this point to have been seen and selected over everybody else because, let's be honest, a lot of people would have been up for this. A lot of people would have wanted to do it and there were only 12 of us that actually got the opportunity and I was one of those people. That, for me, is... It's like even still now, it's mental. It is mental for me to to think that I was selected for it. And also, that's what I like about you is that you're not just doing it for the money. You're no. doing it for the career because we know that you know 
Chris Moore's boy George got about 500 grand each. We know Matt Hancock got 400 grand. I expect, and if you don't want to say how much you got paid, don't say it. I won't say, but it was very little. But for me, I never do jobs Correct. for the money. I do it for the experience and I do it for what it can do for me and the rest of my career. And I think Toff was paid, Toff made in Chelsea was paid 23 grand to do it. Was she? And then obviously she's like stable part of this morning now. Yeah. And she's lost that made in Chelsea label. She's taken seriously. She's got, got a deal with HarperCollins, I think, where she's mm-hmm. got like three, four novels out now. It's a great stepping stone. It doesn't matter how much you're getting paid for exactly. it. Exactly. It's what it does to you afterwards. Yeah. So how much were you paid for it? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you off air. <laughs> when you're not recording, I'll tell you. But no, but it's true. Like events like this, and, and shows like this, it's, for me, it's, it's priceless. If I didn't get paid anything, I would have still done the show because it's about the doors that can open, as you said. It's about people seeing another side of me. It's about me now being able to go into different places and say, I want to do this, and people genuinely want to actually work with me on things. That is all I could have ever asked for. You know, I came out second. I was gutted. But actually, coming out second, the support I got across social media and... Everyone, even Anton Deck saying, we are gutted that you're out, Scarlett. We are shocked. We can't believe it. You're brilliant. You deserve to be in the top three. That's so nice to hear. That means I've done what I needed to do. Correct. Which is people know who I am, people like me, and people want to work with me. Well, it's not even just TV that you do. You know, you're the voice of Capital Extra. You were working at heart Mm -hmm. for a while. You know, the radio game as well needs you back. I've got a Christmas Eve show that's coming out on Hearts. I will be back with them, which is exciting. And they want to see if I can do more shows with them in the new year. So, yeah, that's great. You know, there is TV, but there is also radio. And there's my voiceover side. I voice computer games, and I love doing that as well. I've had my green card approved this year. I want to get over to the States and do some stuff there. So there's loads of things happening. Oh, it's so exciting. It is exciting. So, I mean, I know we're kind of jumping all around, but if you look back at your 2022 mm. and where you are this time last year in 2021... Oh I was in a dark place this time last year. I was in a relationship I shouldn't have been in. I was crying myself to sleep nearly every night. I had moments where I was like, I don't even want to do this anymore. So I had to really have a talking to myself. And earlier this year, when I broke up with that relationship, which was very toxic, and I'm so glad that I'm out of it now, things just changed. Everything felt lighter. My soul felt happy. That sounds so weird to even say that, and people might not understand it, but my soul felt heavy last year and sad. And then this year, the minute I was out of that, and I left that environment behind and I just started to be the positive person that I've always been and getting back to myself, things just literally started taking off. And it's mental. And anytime I've broken up with an ex and I've put the, the energy that I've put into them, I put back into myself, things have literally skyrocketed. And this year, more than ever, it's, it's, that's happened. So I'm ending this year on such a high in comparison to last year. So then flipping it to next year, mm. obviously we're talking about you're doing hot and you've got all this TV stuff coming up. Mentally, where are you at and where do you want to be this time next year? Mentally, I'm in a very good place, I would say, right now. But I think next year, I, I want to be rested more. That was the one thing I said to myself this year. You have to have time to yourself to rest, to switch off, to binge. I don't watch TV because I don't have the time. And I would love to just sit and have a Sunday off and binge watch whatever it is that I can just sit on Netflix or on Apple TV or Amazon Prime, whatever. So next year it's about, yes, I'm going to work hard. And I always think work hard, play hard, but I'm really going to take care of myself next year. I want to get to the gym. I want to eat better. I want to have spa days where I can switch off and relax. And I just want to do things for me that's not constantly work. And I want to meet someone as well. So I actually need to find the time to put in to meet someone. 
Can I go to the spa with you? Of course you can. I think we'd have such fun there at the Yeah, spa. let's do it. Spa I think day. we'd have such a fun. Champneys, if you're listening, <laughs> hit me up. Hit me up. I want to ask you a couple of quick questions about I'm a celeb. That's yes, okay. of course. Right. Because remember, I'm a... Well, well, yeah. <laughs> We've done the mental health side, but I'm a showbiz journalist. I've got to ask these questions to you. So, first of all, you go in on... What day did you go into the camp? Was it a Friday? I went into the camp into the main camp on a Monday. So on the Sunday, I went into the VIP camp and then I went into the main camp on the Monday. Or did I go in, wait, no, on the Saturday, I went in on the Saturday into the VIP camp and then on the Sunday into the main camp. So we know that the show went out, first of all, on a Sunday night. Yes. Therefore, that Saturday night dinner that you would have had Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been shown on TV because... It would have had to be in the entrance and the big activity that they did at the top of the pole. So yeah. you know that wasn't going to make the edit. What happened on that Saturday night? Because we know that that wasn't going to show it on TV. Were you treated quite nicely that night? No. We were still literally treated like we were in the jungle. So we had the VIP island. And I remember thinking, this is actually all right, guys. We've got these bears. We've got little mattress things. They covered us over with these mosquito nets. And I was thinking, this is fine. I remember Chris being like, what is this? BG was not happy because his bed was wet. To be fair, Olivia just kind of got on with it. But she's like, oh, my God, this is... This is basic. We are fully out in the open. She's scared of the dark, so she was freaking out about that. But it was, we were in. That was it. There were no niceties, rice and beans from that minute. Um, and I thought, this is going to be fine. I think day two or day three of the rice and beans, I thought, this is a nightmare because they are awful. Good diet, though. Great diet. I lost nearly a stone in there. Mike Tyndall lost two stone, as did Owen, nearly lost two stone. But do you not put that weight on quite quickly yeah, again because you're eating? like... Came out, couldn't eat properly for two days, and then I was just eating everything in sight. And I've definitely found that weight that I lost. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Talking of Olivia, what's her plan now? Is she going to go to the jungle next year to make I up for this know. year? I don't know. I actually don't know. I've not spoken to her since I've come out, so I've got no idea what her plans are. I do know that when we were in there, she was totally up for it, and she was gutted. You could tell she was gutted. In fact, she left, and then we didn't see her. But we as a collective from what we knew of her, knew she would be gutted because of how up for it she was. So she not in the WhatsApp group? No. There's an exclusive. Oh, no. Don't at me, guys. Don't at me. No, she's not. But I don't have her number. I'm group admin now, so we'll get her in. How is the WhatsApp group going now? It's all right. It's all right. I'm Has it come person. out of the bubble, though, now, that, like, everyone's like, gone back to life? Yeah. So, yeah, basically, I'm that person. I will always write in a WhatsApp group because I bloody love people. And I was like, let's all be friends together forever. And in the jungle, everyone's like, yeah, of course. But I think coming out, everyone's gone back to their real lives. And they're like, Scarlett, like, just chill out. Because I, I literally will be messaging, not every day, but I do message a lot. I'm one of those people in general across all WhatsApp groups, across WhatsApp, full stop. I'm a talker. You like a voice note? Oh, I love a voice note. I can leave 20 odd, 30 minute voice notes. Like podcasts. Me and my friends will do podcasts. Morning podcast. Get to have a good listen. Start my day off. Fantastic. Little shout out to my friend Sophie Gold, who does listen to this podcast. Yeah. I, on a Monday, would always send her a 14-minute voice note because I'm like, this is what's happened on my week. Because I do yeah. like a daily voice note and I'll do it on a Monday. It'll always be 14 minutes because so much has happened in two days to catch up on. <laughs> but I love it. I'm like, it's your it. Monday morning podcast. Here we go. Oh, can I get one of those, please? Yeah. Thank you. On Monday, do you want a podcast? Yes, please. Shall I give you one? Thanks. Can you do one for me? Of course. This is going to be our new thing. Okay, do Every it. Monday, we're going to do a podcast to each other. Yeah. Uh, what about Chris Moyles? You know, you because when you went in... I said to you, you know, because you knew Chris was going in, I said, I'm the biggest fan of his. You need to make me friends with him. Where is your friendship now? And when are we all going out as a three? 
<laughs> so Chris Moores, I had met Chris Moores on the Anton Deck tour, actually. So when I saw him, I was like, I've met you before. We've got a mutual friend. I'm the voice of Capital Extra. Radio Wex, you sit right next to the Capital Extra floor. And he's like, no way. So we had a really good bond since when we were in there. And then since we've come out, I kind of message him a bit and he doesn't really get back to me. Oh, so, shade. I know. So if you're listening, Chris... Can you please reply to my voice note? Thank you very much. Why do you think he's not answering you anymore? I just think he's actually busy and he's actually got a life outside of me sending me voice notes. <laughs> oh. But when we were in there, we had this thing. So we both love the Hunger Games. So just randomly, we'd go... <laughs> okay, obviously a bit better than that with a whistle. And we would just do that to each other all the time. And that was our thing. So I just send him voice notes during that whistle. And then he just doesn't actually listen to them. <laughs> The reason you didn't go in there was to get your career going. It was to make me friends with him. Yes. You've literally ruined that whole reason. Well, I've got his number. I mean, he's not replied yet. He may do. So we've seen you have a dinner or two. Are they coming to an end as well now? Actually, Chris Moyles did put a message in the group asking us all if we can get together before Christmas for a nice do. So we've all said yes, but we just need to try and find a date where it can actually work for everybody because literally people are all over the place. Jill's in Qatar at the minute watching the World Cup. Obviously, Owen's back up in Liverpool doing um, Hollyoaks. Sue's back up doing Corrie. So everyone's kind of everywhere. So if we can get a date together and meet up, that'll be so cool. And Charlene's on the Loose Women panel. Yes. Is there an in for you there? Oh, that's a good question. Have you ever been, had an audition for Loose Women? Never. Never. But exclusive. Um, I'm going to have my own section on Lorraine and I am also covering on GMB over Christmas. So you're not technically allowed to be across any other shows in daytime. So this morning, Loose Women, Lorraine and GMB, you kind of can either do one or the other. Luckily and very nicely, they've allowed me to do both GMB and Lorraine. Um, so what are you doing on GMB? Good morning, Britain, is, if anyone doesn't know what the acronym is. Good morning, Britain. I'm covering Richard Arnold for his Christmas break. So I'm on there 28th, 29th and 30th of December doing the entertainment slot. Good times. Hey. It's a good time to do the entertainment on that these days. Yeah. There's nothing to talk about. So you literally get like a longer start and you can just talk about Christmas TV. Amazing. Uh, Emily and Parry will be at them. Actually, yep. that comes back on the 27th, so that will be one of your stories on the 28th. There we go. Do you need a showbiz uh, producer to produce Hello, your segment for you? I might do. I'm going to have to speak to them about that. And what are you going to be doing on Lorraine? Lorraine, so I have a little lifestyle section. So I would have already been on this morning by the time this podcast is out. Lifestyle section, talking about Christmas jumpers. I'll be out doing Vox Pops with people. You know, what are your Christmas plans? What are you buying? Have you managed to find any deals, any two-for-one goodies? Let me know. And then just helping people save money and make money how can you go into your house get things and sell them and make yourself some money without having to spend the money to do that and if that wasn't enough my dream derelict home in the sun i've been watching on discovery plus <gasps> do you like it i love it yes. but you can also watch it on hgtv which is the actual tv channel but yeah. i like watching on discovery plus because i'm like it's my little secret because I, I love discovery plus i know it's such there a good so many good place. shows on there and also, because I love the Food Network, mm -hmm. I watch it all there. So the Barefoot Contest, I'm watching non-stop. So oh, I haven't seen that one. I've been watching your show on there because it's mm -hmm. like a little secret like streaming website that no one really knows, yeah. but I do. <laughs> so why should people be watching it? You tell, you tell I'm not going to say oh, you tell I mean, it. for so many reasons. First of all, because we worked very hard making that show. That took about two and a half years to film. But also because you genuinely see some incredible transformations. These couples have bought derelict, dilapidated, dull and dungy buildings i can't even say houses because some of them are barns some of them are literally just wrecks and they have transformed them into incredible dream homes i think the episode that was the first one probably would have been the most impressive in the sense of the size and the scale of the rebuild but they are really putting in their time effort money 
to build these homes that they're going to spend probably the rest of their lives in. Um, and what I love about it is it's that escapism of a place in the sun, also with a bit of grand designs. Uh, it's the middle ground of the two. And it just shows people how much you can get for your money if you're to go to another country. Now, listen, some of them, the builds are huge and that people are spending over a million just to do them up. But some of them aren't spending that much. And you can have a complete different lifestyle in Spain or in France that won't break the bank, that will be less stressful than here in the UK and just give you something completely different in life. So I love the show. I absolutely, obviously I'm going to be biased because I present it, but I'm so proud of it. Oh, I love it. Right, yeah. final question for you. Yes. We've softened you up. Okay. Now go for, what is the biggest secret to I'm a safety game out for this year? Oh. What do we not know yet? Because lots have come out. Lots have oh. come out. What hasn't come out yet? So there was a time where Jill and Owen created a football team for all of us and they made these little shirts out of the paper bags that we get the rice and beans from and they would get the charcoal from the fire and write our names on and numbers and they would give us each a number and explain why we played that position in Jungle FC. And so I what position were you? I was nine, so I was forward. They said I'll be the one that would keep the team together, be supportive, um, you know, be driven and encouraging. And I thought, I really like that. So I was number nine. Obviously, BG got captain. So that, I think people have spoken about that since they've come out, but that wasn't shown. I know that Matt Hancock had some contraband in there. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it's nothing too exciting, but I remember seeing him once kind of flossing his teeth with, you know, the interdental brushes. Mm. I was like, what is that? I've not got that in my kit. He said, it's contraband. I was like, okay. So was he not allowed to bring it in? You're not allowed to bring anything in at all. They give you a pack, a backpack, and in there you have a soap, toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant, a razor and a shave stick. That's it. And he brought in interdental floss. And did you try and hide it? Of course, because you're not allowed to have it. They give you normal floss in there, but he had the brush floss and he was like using his hand to kind of cover his mouth to do it. And I was like, okay. Part of me was slightly jealous because I started using those. I think they're bloody brilliant. And I'm like, why didn't I not think of bringing in interdental floss? I also like the fact that he's had to get used to covering his mouth for certain time because he keeps getting caught out. So that was him. Chris Moyles had breath freshener. I don't know how he got that in. You know the spray, breath spray. So he got that in. So he would be doing that here and there. And he'd always go for a fag as well, Chris. You're allowed to go for cigarettes if you if you smoke. So he'd be off having his fag. Um, what other secrets were there in there? I don't know if you saw when Sue, Jill and Matt all got to go to the barbecue they stole food and brought it into camp and they stole a lot of food and we managed to hide it. And when Owen and I were camp chefs, he would literally would be in the box and he'd be like dishing up the sausages and the steak and the bread. Oh my God, the bread was so good. There was salt in tissues that Sue had managed to bring because you don't get salt. So I'm like there with the tissue over the fire, you know, um, over the pot where it was all cooking just to give it a bit of flavour. So we did get one day of um of some extra food, which was really nice. I think that's it. I think those are the three things. Oh, actually, this is a really good one. I didn't know this until I was out of the jungle. You don't know time in there. There's no concept of time and no one will tell you the time at all. We could only work out that it was 7am when Anton Deck would shout, I'm just happy to get me out of here because we know that the show starts at 9pm in the UK at 7am for us. So that was the only time we had an idea of, of what time it was. Although being in the jungle, we're actually an hour ahead of like where the hotel was. So really it was eight o'clock for us, but it gets confusing. Sue is diabetic and she has one of her monitors on her arm and she gets the monitor where she can tap it on the arm. I'm not sure what it's called. And then she will check her levels of her glucose. She didn't tell me until we were out, but Charlene knew and Mike knew and I think Chris knew that she had the time 
on the top of the monitor. So anytime people say, oh, you know, Sue, how's your levels? I genuinely thought people were asking her how her levels were. And they were just looking at the little monitor and they could see what time it was. How's your levels? Oh, it's about 13, 14. Yeah, oh. exactly. Okay, nice. So I thought, Lunchtime. Oh, I know, I wish I knew that. She said there were times when we'd be getting dinner really late because we're thinking dinner's late today and she'd have a look at a little monitor and there'd be times when it'd be coming in at like nine, nine, half nine to oh. then cook and go to bed and be up early the next day. I'll give you one more secret. We were each given a prune at one point. To help us, to help us go to the toilet, <laughs> and we're thinking, what is one prune gonna do? We have been eating rice and beans for two weeks. One prune is not going to loosen the bowel. And did it? No, but it tasted fantastic. That one prune. That one prune. How like, long did it take you to it. eat that one prune? I mean, I just took it in two bites, but I know Owen took a very long time. In fact, there was one day when Owen ate dinner, and they timed him, and it took him an hour and twenty-six minutes to eat because he would literally savor every last rice grain. I love it. Scarlet Douglas, I Yay. absolutely love you. Thank you. I also, love you too. this is what I love as well, is I've been around a little bit as well now. Yes, I get you have. to know people and it's just so nice to be able to go, look everyone, this is Scarlet Douglas. I've known her for years. I know the real her. <laughs> I'm friends with her. I know everything. And to then everyone see you on TV, I'm like, I'm proud. I'm, oh. I felt I felt really proud of you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on to Kidding Did you enjoy it? I loved it. Thank you for having me. It's been brilliant. Well, I absolutely loved you. So, and if you loved it. So, Kidding Scoot on Spotify and iTunes, subscribe like it review it rate it give it a five star rating leave a review and remember it's okay to not be okay we've spoken a lot with scarlet all about staying relevant in the industry and also never give up keep pushing keep pursuing it you don't peak you have to keep going keep going so thank you so much for listening to Sukun Insecure if you want to find me on Instagram it's at Sukun Insecure Podcast at Johnny Seifert Scarlett where are you? I am at Miss Scardog on Instagram at Scardog on Twitter you're on TikTok? you're yeah, on TikTok I, I am on TikTok at Miss Scardog as well but I don't really use it that much I should do because I do kind of like motivational videos I should get back to doing that to be fair well no because you, you do scroll because you do like my videos so you yeah, do yeah, scroll yeah. through you just don't put yeah, stuff I just like don't yourself post. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening to Security and Security with me, Johnny Seifer. Until next week, thank you and goodbye. Bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. 
Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.